You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. Hello. 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 Anybody here? Hello. Hey, everybody. It's Tim. This is the Masonic Light Podcast, and this is episode number, wait for it, number 159. 159. 159. Whoa. 160 in August. Yes. Wow. That's good. You don't look that old. You really don't. (laughs) (laughs) So tonight's episode is brought to you by our sponsors. (laughs) We're trying to move this along here. George J. Groven's son. Blah, 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 blah. Hiram and Solomon Cigars, which, by the way, Hiram, we award-winning need to call us. Hiram and That's Solomon right. Cigars. The award-winning Hiram and Solomon Cigars just won a big award out at the big cigar thingy out in Vegas for their uh, revival cigar. Uh, cigar thingy. That so, the, the marketing people worked really hard to come up with the name <laughs> yes, Cigar Thingy. thingy. Do you like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was good. It was also, good. Scott Helm Electric, uh, Masonic Timepieces, and our favorite chocolatier. Intermezzo by Stephanie. I know her. Yeah, I bet you do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's disgusting. There you go. (laughs) Also, our most important supporters are our Patreon supporters. And we should have theme music for Patreon. We should create a... Like like a fanfare of trumpets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We'll do that. Yeah. You too can be a Patreon supporter for as little as... (gasps) One. One stinking dollar. One 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 dollar a month. That's one dollar a month. That's a half a cup of coffee. Yeah, not even that. <laughs> a month. Yeah. A, a month. month. A Come month. On. That's right. Go to patreon.com slash Masonic Light Podcast. And at the end of the show, because I forgot to look this up, we actually have three new Patreon supporters since our last episode. Yes, we do. At the five dollar level. And we love them long time. And we actually had a contribution to the uh, Masonic Light Podcast Relief Fund. Relief fund. We Which, did. Yeah, we didn't know we had one, but cool. Yeah, that was nice. I would say, when I need relief, the, the I go joke outside. about the joke about relieving oneself just yeah. came across. Uh, I'm no. not, yeah, that's <laughs> no. I'm gonna let that go. Also, just to. Uh, uh, put out there all the ways in which you can contact us, MasonicLightPodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at MasonicLightPodcast, on Twitter at MasonicLight, and don't forget our website is MasonicLight.com. And where you heard the word light, remember it's L-I-T-E. M-O-U-S-E. That's it. You know there's a hole in our wall? We can see daylight. We can. We're, we're down here. In the in the bottom of the building, deep beneath, it's and there's yeah. daylight coming through the wall. It's kind of like Shawshank. Yeah, there's yeah, a hole in the wall. Yeah. You yeah. can just and dig through the sewer tunnel. And there's some. <laughs> we need a picture of Raquel Welch to cover Ooh, it up. Yeah, maybe. we do. And there's some unique smells. Wasn't coming she Eastern down Star? Oh, stop it! You can't. Okay, stop. all right. In studio tonight. It scares me. As you can already tell, we have a full house. Uh, I'm here, Tim, Larry, Jack, and Josh. And we are happy to have as our special guest tonight, 
right worshipful grand high priest. Most excellent. Most excellent. Most excellent. On, Never mind. Tim. I'm sorry. Wow. See, I had one job. Wow. Wow. I Tim. had one job. Oh, and you're the sorry. biggest apron sniffer in the room, I and you know. can't get that right. right. Most excellent grand high priest, <laughs> Jason Craig of the Grand Holy Royal Arch Chapter of Pennsylvania. The one and only. And I actually do get the Masonic jurisdiction. There and Masonic jurisdictions thereunto belonging in Capitular Masonry. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome tonight. Thank you. Great to have you here. He made quite a trek from Uniontown. Uh, so we're Explain great. to him where Uniontown is. It's a long way off. Far, far mm. away. Yeah, Google right around maps. Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's out around Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, he and he's going home that way. He is. Indeed. Nothing I can so, Jason, we normally go around the table and talk about what we've been doing Masonically most recently. And we usually go to Larry first because he has a short list. So, Larry, what have you been doing Masonically since we last recorded? Tall Seders and Ghost and Gridiron. That's pretty much it. See? Told you. Jack? I don't know. I okay. forget. All right. I haven't really done much Masonically speaking. We had a couple degrees and stuff. and It is the summer. And um, we're st I'm still getting together with uh, the candidates over the summer just to keep them involved, um, doing the little education thing. We... Here, um, we had a huge donation of books to our, our um, library, so we brought some in, and uh, uh, Cody Ogden and his dad, Skip. Um, Cody, Cody joined the lodge, and Skip came with him. So uh, Skip's like a 30, 27-year mason or something like that, and, and he hasn't been involved until his son joined. So now Skip's super involved in, um, and just coming to things, and they, they came over and helped put books away and get things organized out in Steffi Hall, so it's very, it's very cool. That Are was the nice books time. in alphabetical order? Or? No, they're on the shelf. Are they just in there by color? No, right now they're there because they fit on the shelves. <laughs> we have them roughly broken out by like Masonic presidents, other jurisdictional stuff. We have Scottish Rite stuff and New York Rite stuff, and and general general Masonic reading. <clears throat> Stuff like so that. we have any listeners and, and, that are librarians, so uh, we would love you, to have you could come use in. like library and Dewey Decimal. Yeah. Uh, Dewey Decimal, I was going to say that. <laughs> the yeah. rapidly disappearing yeah. library science. That's right. Yeah. How, how many people out there, well, maybe our listeners, but people know what we're talking about when it comes to Dewey Decimal? Well, some of our older yeah. listeners definitely will. It's the old version of Google. I've, it is. I've it's learned the old it, version of Google. I've learned it and forgotten it twice, yeah. so I don't know. But I know, I mean, it's, it's topical, divided by... Um, Library, you know, by by author, right? Yeah. We'll say yeah. that. So, so we've got several, you know, so it's a great addition, major categories. It's a great addition. To I, I hope to turn that room into a Masonic research facility that has merit. Um, the the books that came uh, from a brother, uh, he didn't really want to be notor n n noted for it, no notorialized, no notoriedized, notor. Anyway, he didn't want any. Uh, any acknowledgement for it, um, but it's a terrific collection of just uh, a Mason's life and the books that he picks up. You know, a couple every year. Um, one or two of them he may have read. I'm not sure, <laughs> but he collected them for sure. Um, so it's a great addition to the lodge. We're excited. Very cool. Most excellent Grand High Priest. <laughs> Uh, it's summertime, so there's not a whole lot meeting-wise. Uh, I'm going to steal your thunder because you're going to have the same list, at least for the one That'll thing. That'll make mine a little shorter. would be uh, the Pennsylvania Council of Deliberation. Yeah. So we were out there and had a great time. We did indeed. Lots of uh, adult beverages. Yes, we did. And a couple of cigars. and We did have a meeting. Oh, 
Oh, yeah. I forgot about that bike. <laughs> Did anybody keep notes? Uh, yeah. Actually, we both – someone kept notes and we recorded them. So in case something was missed, it's there. Josh. Joshua. Uh, I mixed the uh, the podcast <laughs> last month. And you did an excellent and it was job. A, it was a, yes. It was as, fantabulous. As I just want to make uh, mention of one important fact. Uh, I believe today is Dutchy Doug's birthday. Oh, oh yes, that it is, is correct. Yes, it is. So and as we say, are recording on July the 12th. So happy birthday. Happy birthday, Dutchy Doug. Masonic Light Podcast. Me okay, let's, let's sing happy birthday in German. No. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. We yeah. sung it to the extent to which we knew it. That's right. Larry, were you going to say something? Uh, oh, he said he, he texted me today and told me that his new Dutchy Doug segment is really fantastic. He says one of the best ones he ever did. Did you get it? I don't know. I'll okay. look. Okay. All right. If not, I'll get in touch. Okay. So, um, I've got a small list. Uh, Lucius Caritas AMD uh, chapter had its uh, annual summer installation of officers um, on the 16th of June. Uh, That would have been right after we recorded the last episode. The Valley of Harrisburg Lodge of Perfection held its annual picnic. And I was fortunate also to attend the Valley of Allentown Steak and Cigars event, which was really cool. You're going to get a couple of uh, interviews from all of these summer events that we're going to uh, probably in August. So I won't steal the thunder on those. And then, as our guest indicated, was most recently at the Pennsylvania Council of Deliberation. So pretty short list uh, given the summer. Very nice. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, We're going to pay for some of this with our uh, uh, sponsors, and we'll be right back with our guest, most excellent Grand High Priest, Jason Craig. Why choose George J. Grove & Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. We're back. Hey, look how easy that was. See? Uh, our guest <laughs> Larry's trying to get himself positioned back at the table again. The damn chair won't move. <laughs> That's why we got these expensive like, swing arms. Right. So we you have swing arms so you don't sit have where you are and move the microphone towards your face. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Look at that. It works. It worked. 
amazing. See, whatever visions of organized, whatever you imagined, just, yeah. It's really fun to have listeners come into the show and and actually be a part of what this catastrophe really is. Tonight's guest is... when you listen to the show, you wouldn't even think this was like that. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) Jason Craig, who is serving as most excellent Grand High Priest, uh, we are so glad to have you with us tonight. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the uh, Grand Chapter? Yeah, um, so Grand Chapter is the first stage in the York Rite of Freemasonry. Um, the It was a direct offshoot of Grand Lodge forming in 1795, so we are the oldest Grand Chapter in the United States. And um, right around 1823, is that what we said there, Jack? I think you had this up here on the, on the book. <laughs> One of Jack's new books is on uh, Capitular Masonry. There it is, um, right there. So uh, anyway, for, for the first you know 25 years or so, the, the, the right worshipful Grand Master was the most excellent Grand High Priest, for lack of a better term. It was the first great chief at that point in time. Since then, we've been on our own and... Um, yeah, the, the Royal Arch system, you know, and especially the Royal Arch degree in particular, is part of that whole intertwined, confusing history of, you know, Freemasonry and the the merger of the ancient and modern Grand Lodge into the United Grand Lodge of England. It is, as they say, the rest of the story. <laughs> right. Yes, uh, the the whole thing was that uh, Freemasonry consists of three degrees and three degrees only: those of the Entered Apprentice, the Fellowcraft, and the Master Mason, including the Holy Royal Arch. Right. What? Wait. One, two, three. Okay, I got this. Yeah. Three only. Three only. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so, how how long have you been in office? I this I've been in office. Uh, I have to look at my watch. It's like seven months at this point. Yeah. So I've got uh, just under a year and a half left to go, and uh, it's been it's been a lot of travel and a whole lot of fun. I've enjoyed every minute of it. That's great. I know that there are uh, lots of conversations going on about how to uh, just with all as with all Masonic bodies, um, how to be relevant to members, how to encourage membership, and how to grow our chapters. Yeah, that's the uh, the age old question. So I've got things out for the um, the individual chapters to kind of do a self assessment, see where they're at, and um, the the real issue is as as a state officer, I can't go into a state as large as Pennsylvania and tell you that I've got this silver bullet, this magic thing that's going to work to increase membership, participation, activity across the entire state. You know, what works in Uniontown is not going to work in Harrisburg, or what works in Philadelphia is not going to work in Erie. This is definitely something that's going to have to be done at a local level, and everyone just has to take a hard look at what's happening at their own Masonic body, their own communities, figure out what's, what's causing you know the the lack of participation, or what's causing the increased participation in certain things, and uh, make the necessary changes and adapt accordingly. It's really hard to put a finger on, isn't it? Because it, it's there's so many different factors that have affected the last ten years of masonry, and, and really the last three. You know, if if you start Even looking, so, you know, yeah. when when things shut down with COVID, 
and we're on all of these Zoom sessions back and forth, you know, just the, the general feeling that we had. And it wasn't just a chapter meeting we were at. We were doing our best to attend Blue Lodges and commandery meetings and, you know, anything that was out there, mainly because we had nothing better to do at that point in time. But you know, we were attending as many meetings as we could. And it, it was it was felt like that throughout the Masonic fraternity. It was felt like that in you know, the, any of the non-Masonic fraternities that were out there trying to do the same thing. Um, you know, the yeah, everyone got great at Zoom. They all knew how to mute know, themselves. Yeah, no, they did not <laughs> know how to mute themselves. Never learned how to mute. That no. is very true. But you know, the the flip side of that is it also reminded everybody out there that there are a whole lot of other things in the world that don't involve masonry. Yeah, that they could be doing. Yeah. And people started doing these things again. Um, so we just need to figure out what we need to do to entice them to bring them back. So in terms of membership, um, I know that if you look at um, the Grand Lodge, uh, the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania is the largest uh, body and in, in, second only to the United Grand Lodge of England. Uh, and you mentioned that the uh, Grand Chapter is the oldest such body. Are we still among the high end on the membership numbers? We are among the higher end, um, which is quite frankly, scary. Um, 40 to 45 years ago, um, 20% of Master Masons in Pennsylvania were also Royal Arch Masons. That number's about 7 to 7.5% 7 right now. Uh, and so if you just do the math, just looking at it there, I mean, that's, that's a pretty scary way of, of, of looking at, at where things are. The good news is, is our initial data that we've seen for the first half of the year shows that at least the momentum we're building and the the enthusiasm we're kind of putting out there is having an effect. You know, we're not looking the the that slope seems to be, you know, a lot less steep now than it was before before COVID. So, so you you said something about what works here won't work there, and and what um, what what's successful in one location doesn't necessarily fit somebody else. Well, uh, you you mentioned earlier when we were talking, like before we started recording, that that that's kind of a theme for you, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, we didn't really ask if you had a theme for the year, but that seems to be coming back in your conversation. Mm-hmm. Is you know what, whatever you need to do, you know that. Yeah, it's opportunity cost. Um, right. Everybody has a price that they pay for whatever they're doing. You know if. Mm-hmm. We're at this podcast right now because we all want to be here. At this moment in time, this is more important than, I don't know, what kind of show comes on at 8 o'clock on a Wednesday night, but whatever that is. It's all streaming now, by the way. Don't worry. We'll watch it when we get I'm the youngest one in the room, and I'm the one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But. That or sitting out on the on, on the deck having a cigar, you know, it, it, the opportunity cost is worth it for us to come in here and attend this. Well, we already did that, and <laughs> yes, that, that is true. But we need to figure out how to make it worth it again for for these members to come out and participate, in regardless of what body it is. It's got to be worth it for them to miss something else in order to come here, and that's what may be different. Where you know in in effort, uh, it may be, you know, 
bowling league night happens to meet on this night or whatever. In Philadelphia, that's not what's meeting here, but it's something else. And, you know, is it the meeting night? Is it what's being offered at the meetings? Is it the location? Is it, you know, drama and infighting? You know, any one of those things can be to the point sure. where somebody looks. I mean, we, we've all been to those meetings before where you're like, why am I here? Why? Why did I come? This wasn't worth it. I very much would have rather done done something yeah. else. And that's what you choose to do next time. So we need to make sure that we're uh, we're a little higher up and on people's priority list. And that's that's something that we need to do to convince the member themselves that it's worth it. So when you when you look at the state of capitular masonry in general, um, I know you said you know what works in one place may not work in the other. Have you been able to glean what the biggest challenges seem to be, or are those as different as location to location? Uh, no, I, I think that definitely um, goes a long way. I, I think a, a large challenge right now in a lot of places is apathy. Um, you, you just there, there was a time when these appendant bodies – you know, you, you had already proven yourself as a worshipful master. You had shown that you have the ability to set agendas, you know, schedule programs, uh, demonstrate ritualistic proficiency, things like that. And once you've done that in a Blue Lodge level, then these appendant bodies would look at you and say, okay, how about you, you know, keep going and, and, and preside over one of these. And now those tables have turned a lot. You know, I'm seeing, you know, even on the Scottish Rite side of things, I've, I've seen thrice potent masters or I've seen, you know, most wise masters or sovereign princes that were not worshipful masters of their blue lodges. I've seen um, yeah. high priests and um, eminent commanders and, and thrice illustrious masters that were not worshipful masters across the board. So then, you know, some of these other the lodges that are still having fairly decent attendance now they're using these appendant bodies to see how dedicated that member is before they start putting them through the line. And that's where we need to come in. And, you know, before Grand Lodge had the officer, you know, review, not the review programs, but the officer mentorship programs and the educational sessions. And they were, they were taught what was expected. There were the manuals and things. And at least at the chapter level, we, we weren't prepared for that. We did not really have an officer handbook to kind of show these incoming presiding officers what to expect or what was expected of them. So we spent you know, the last year developing that and just had it ready for publication for this first group coming in to, to review, starting from the, the bottom of the elected line all the way up through. So you could just kind of glance through, see some some milestones that you should be hitting as your terms went across to mm -hmm. where you would have a successful year as the presiding officer and uh, mm -hmm. to basically do the best we could to, to make sure that they were, they were prepared and had a successful year and showed themselves as worthy to kind of go back and preside over. Otherwise. How are you finding that being adopted by the chapters? <laughs> it's tough to tell because when you have, whenever I show up places and I ask if they're doing something, the answer is always yes. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great program. But, but, I, but I have received feedback from a lot of them that said they looked through it and they liked this, so they offered suggestions for revisions mm -hmm. for, for the next version, things like that. So, um, you know, th th that's one of those things where you're really not going to see the benefit of it for, you know, 
one to two, maybe three years because oh, – At least, yeah. Yeah, because that's where these guys that are just coming in that will actually have that handbook all the way through their elected mm-hmm. term, you know, to, to, to really start getting feedback and, and make some major revisions. I felt very fortunate in that uh, Samuel C. Perkins Royal Arts Chapter Number 209, <laughs> which I'm a member, um, actually for <clears throat> a period of probably 10 years um, – we actually were able to stagger our terms in chapter to coincide with the chairs in the Blue Lodge, and we were always one chair ahead in chapter, so that we were actually the presiding officer in chapter the year before we were worshipful master in the lodge. And what that, in essence, gave us an opportunity to do was be that presiding officer, run a meeting in a much... I don't want to say less threatening because Blue Lodge isn't threatening, but it's a little less high stakes, if you will. Less uh, high stakes, less rigid. Less rigid, a little more laid back. Um, you know, the grumpy past masters that are getting on you for every comma and period in Blue Lodge aren't doing that in chapter by and large. And so for the longest time, we were able to do that, and it was a great training ground for both. Mm-hmm. And um, we seem to have gotten away from that for multitude of reasons but um that's something that certainly we need to you know and I, that that just right there just rang a bell for me it we seem to have gotten away from that for a variety of reasons wow yes these things happen they go in cycles right and there's times when your lodge is going to be just spot on you're going to have eight guys in the line your your chapter is going to have a full complement of officers in the chairs and then there's going to be periods of time when it gets soft and there's you you're looking at gaps in the line and and that kind of stuff it's going to happen yeah it you know it you have to be willing to get beyond that though and that's i mean i'm, I'm sure you've come across a lot of chapters oh, yeah. that that are at, at both of those positions right some are thriving and some are are not and it it, it it's, it's difficult to it's difficult to encourage a, a chapter or a lodge that isn't thriving that it could be thriving, right? If you, you know, just try, try, try that. Wow, well, we tried that. Uh, okay, just may, maybe. Is there something you can? <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's always something that you can do to just put a little bit of life back in it, and it... and really, I mean, the, the, a lot of times it takes one person to make it happen. You know, you you could have that chapter where there's you know three, four, five guys showing up for a meeting, and then there's that spark and it catches on, and and really what it boils down to, you know, Grand Lodge, you know their their marketing target is you know any male over the eighteen year over the age of eighteen years in the state of Pennsylvania, right? Ours is. The membership <laughs> of Grand Lodge, right? Right. So you know, the the big thing with us, you know, again, is just exuding that enthusiasm. It's one thing to stand up and, um, you know, at the end of a lodge meeting and just go, "We're having a chapter one day class coming up next week. If you're interested, come see me and have a petition." You know that that's not really gonna. Get a lot of people excited to come up and ask for enthusiasm. It just right. takes that one or two guys with enthusiasm, right. and they can um, they can get so much done. But at the same time, if I went, hey man, we got something really cool coming up here that you know, the Saturday after Labor Day in Pittsburgh, this really cool thing's happening where we're combining 
Scottish Rite and Royal Arch Masonry, and we're putting the, the degrees together that are that have a commonality. It's something we haven't done before. Uh, 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 both hang, are on hang, board. hang on, hang on, because oh, because oh. this sounds really cool. And you really are doing this, so let's let's back that down a little. Pump pump the brakes a little bit here, Jason, and and tell us about that program because that sounds like a really cool. And I am I am an opponent of one day anything's, um, but that sounds like a really cool program. Tell us tell us more about that. Yeah, so that's that's something where um, Billy Johnston, the commander in chief of the Valley of Pittsburgh, and I, uh, we served as worshipful masters the same year together. You know, we've kind of risen up through the ranks together and and he came up with this idea he goes would that be something that that grand chapter would be interested in i'm like yeah i'm i'm good with it and you know pj roop is our active for that side of the state and they ran it by him and he was good for good with it so we put the time frame together and kind of compared the degrees and we we found the commonality that you know where we can tell that we can show that the same story is told from a different camera angle and really kind of highlight that stuff of where you know, everyone has this idea of two separate things when it's not, it's all Freemasonry. It's all, you know, the, it's all enlightenment philosophy. It's all enlightenment philosophy. In a different right. Yeah. Right. And um, I, I think you're starting to see a lot more unity and cooperation between the two rights, you know, from, from both directions. I mean, I'm the Grand High Priest, and I'm Secretary of my Valley. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, the um, so, in my spare time, yes. I, yeah. The uh, but uh, it's back and forth. I don't think you have that necessary competition anymore because we all realize that we're in this together. And you know, studies have shown that if you are a member of an appendant body, you are far less likely to be suspended for non-payment of dues in your Blue Lodge. So. <laughs> As a secretary of a Blue Lodge, I can attest to that. Yeah. So the Blue Lodges, you know, that any of those senior wardens that are out there looking for programs for next year, I've got a feeling a bunch of appendant body uh, presiding officers and deputies would be more than happy to come fill those fill sure. those gaps. And why not? Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I think, I know it took me several years to understand this because uh, I, my experience early on probably wasn't too different than a lot of folks you know i got my third degree and suddenly i had an onslaught of people throwing petitions at me for uh various appendant bodies um but it wasn't until several years into all of those processes um, that i came to understand that in all of them it's it's further as, as jack said further enlightenment further understanding further education um and as you said, a different camera angle on some of the same events, perhaps, but all the while learning when you recognize those. Sitting in a Scottish Rite reunion and seeing, you know, a degree, and you're like, "Oh, wait, that's that's Royal Arch." Oh, wait, that's. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you you expand on your understanding of both. This yes. goes to to the thing that I said a long time ago about a guy from England who was. Um, raised here and his father came from Wales and and we asked him at the end of his third degree how you know what he thought and he said it's a painting of the same subject but by a different artist and that's the two rights that you're talking about that's the overlap of the two absolutely two yeah two streams
As far back as the mid-1800s, records exist describing the pre-meaning tradition of brethren smoking cigars during and after gatherings. To this day, the practice of smoking cigars remains very much alive in many lodges. This custom is considered a time for brethren to relax, exchange ideas, and enjoy the simplicity and fellowship that is the very essence of our brotherhood. This is what Hireman Solomon Cigars is all about. Our starting principles are to bring Masonic brethren together in the harmony of a good cigar. Pull up a chair, sit back, light up any of our premium cigars and enjoy the history. Hireman Solomon Cigars can be found at fine cigar retailers. For a complete list, visit HiremanSolomonCigars.com or check them out on social media to find out when they'll be at a live event near you. Hireman Solomon Cigars is pleased to be the official cigar of the Masonic Light Podcast. And we're back. <laughs> See how easy that was? Look how easy that was. We're back with most excellent Grand <laughs> High Priest, Jason Craig. And uh, Jason, you, you kind of started to tell us a story about how you came to Freemasonry. Uh, when we were before, and we all recognized that this is going to be a really good story, so let's <laughs> save it until we're recording this. So tell us how you found your way into this So thing. this kind of goes back to what I said before, was that sometimes the impact of one person um, really has this trickle-down positive effect. Sure. My grandfather was invited with a friend of his to go to a Shrine East-West game in 1973 or 74, somewhere around there, and was sitting in the stands, and some guy selling peanuts came up the uh, stairwell, so my grandfather went to buy one, and he was known for, you know, small talk with just about everybody that would, you know, sell him something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he said, made some kind of a comment of, you know, this that's not a bad way to get a free ticket into a football game, selling peanuts. And the guy kind of looked at him and confused and said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, you just walk up and down the steps a little bit, sell some peanuts, and you just get to watch the game, got in here for free. And the guy said, that's not how any of this works. <laughs> and said, uh, well, what do you mean? He said, well, we're all Shriners, and this is supposed this is football games to raise money for the hospitals, and uh, we all had to buy a ticket to get in just like you guys sitting in the seats. And he said, you guys are all paying too? He said, yeah. He said, well, I want to be part of that organization. <laughs> and he said, well, to be part of this organization, you have to be a Mason. He said, well, then I want to be part of that organization. He said, well, you need to go back and you need to ask somebody. And so he did. Um and he became a Mason in, in at Army Navy Lodge in Virginia. And shortly thereafter, uh, that was my dad's dad. Shortly thereafter, he came back and was visiting with my parents who had just gotten married and was talking to my mom's dad. And he wound up becoming a Mason. And then shortly after that, my dad became a Mason. And then his brother became a Mason. And my my cousin became a Mason. And then me and then my little brother. Like, it just you know, waterfalled from there. And so out of one guy selling peanuts at a Shrine game in the early, or Shrine East West game in the early 70s, my Blue Lodge got two past masters and the Grand Holy Royal Arts Chapter of Pennsylvania got a most excellent Grand High Priest out of the deal. <laughs> so you never know what, what the effect is going to be, what 
that that thing you're going to do. Yeah. But you have to be seen. That and that guy stepped out and he did a thing. He did a thing. And and he'll never know. Yes. That that kid he sold peanuts to that day was, you know, ended up where you are right now. And then for me, um I was Entered, passed, and raised in uh, March, April, and May of 2002, which was when they dropped the age requirements from 21 to 18. So my first stated meeting as a Mason, I balloted on my little brother. So on the way home from Lodge, my dad, who was a past master, he said, you know, I was your guide for your first two degrees and conferred your third Said, I think it'd be really cool if you conferred a first degree on your little brother and then was his guide for the other two. I said, I think I could do that. So I spent the entire summer of 2002, because it was still mouth to ear then, over at my dad's house, learned how to confer a first degree. And in September, conferred a first degree on my little brother. Wow. And uh, there was an old past master from a neighboring lodge after it was finished. He said, well, you did pretty good. But there were two candidates tonight, which means your little brother's getting the short second next month. I think you can learn it. <laughs> so I did a short second in October. Nice. And then, so then after that, then it was, all right, it sounds like he's going through the line. And that's kind of how my career got started through the chairs in my Blue Lodge. Awesome. So those family ties especially are, are strong. Um, I for, Unfortunately, um, did not... Uh, my dad was a Mason, but with my parents being divorced early on, didn't get to engage in much conversation with him about Freemasonry until look, Larry, turn your phone off. I can't <laughs> He's getting text messages. Um, the last two years he was alive, we were able to have conversations about what I was going through as I was going through both the Blue Lodge and the chapter degrees. And those are incredibly memorable, and I'm so glad that I got to have those. But those family ties for those of us who are fortunate enough to have them mm-hmm. are huge. Yeah, it's it's fun to dig through that stuff. Um, there's um, that's that's something I'll always regret is I didn't push hard enough because uh, my dad had lapsed when we moved to North Carolina for a while. He he just didn't fit in because he was a Pennsylvania Dutchman who went to medical school and we went to North Carolina. Anyway, long story short. When we moved back here um, and I was going through the lodge, I, I wanted to get him reinstated. And it just, we just ran out of time. And that, that was kind of sad. Mm-hmm. But, but, yeah, I, I, that's a wonderful thing. I did participate with my kid's degree. Um, I, was, I, I conferred his first and second. Um, but the um, Hiram Scottish Riders did his third. Oh, okay. So that was a fun experience. Very neat. So what else is going on with uh, Grand Chapter? So Grand Chapter, um, you know, just everybody's on break, just like uh, Blue Lodge right now, planning on hitting things back with the, with the fall, kind of revisiting um, the things that they were looking at that I mentioned earlier for the first half of the year. And we're going to start working on building business plans. Uh, we're going to do a SWOT analysis on each one of the chapters <clears throat> for uh, for the fall. Look at their strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and um, all of that's going to get shifted off to to Seth, our district deputy at large, who's going to do a bunch of data analytics and 
then once we have some better data to go on, then Grand Chapter is going to engage in a much more aggressive uh, marketing campaign and start looking at, again, print material may be better in some parts of the state, targeted Facebook advertising in another, or Instagram in another, or Twitter in another, and all depending on uh, how things go from there and what the advice of people that know a lot more about that than I do. Yeah, that's that, that's that's exciting. It's it's good from a systemic standpoint. Uh, <laughs> copious dues. The new segment. Oh yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah, exactly. He'll be our first. He'll victim. be our first. Uh, victim. Got it. All right. Yeah, we're 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 promoting a, a new segment on the show. We'll we'll announce it in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> more organized confusion. Shh. Don't tell anybody it's a secret. <laughs> so, um, you know, this actually leads to something I was going to share at the end of the show, but I'll share it now. Uh, we were, I was reviewing the um, social media channels that we, that we have, and I came across uh, today something that the Grand Lodge of California is promoting. They actually started this a couple years ago. Uh, it's called I Am a Mason. And what they've done is they've encouraged uh, their members to post a, either a picture or a video of themselves. Uh, and then you, in the comment section of that video or picture, uh, talk about who they are, what they do. Like in my case, I'm Tim, I'm an educator, and I'm a Mason. Uh, basically, as a demonstration of just how uh, broad the spectrum of those of us who are Masons out there. And I checked that hashtag earlier today, and there are literally hundreds and thousands of people who have done that. And the uh, Lodge Number 61 up in Wilkes-Barre Scranton put together a video, I think a year or so ago, uh, while not part of that campaign, but it fits right in with it, where they did video uh, vignettes of their members, various members, where they go through and talk about that. You can find all of that on, if you look at the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania's uh, Twitter account, they, they posted it. We retweeted it It's today. a great video. It's an awesome video. Yeah. Uh, and I would encourage um, all of our listeners, no matter where you are, uh, to do something similar to that because it's something that I think can catch on. Just use the hashtag I am a Mason and uh, post a picture or video of yourself, or if you want to do it as a lodge activity, I think it'd be really cool as a lodge or chapter activity. Oh, definitely. Um, um, and uh, again, using that hashtag I am a Mason, and that would help support. Uh, and kudos to the Grand Lodge of California for uh, creating that. I think that's really neat. I was deeply impressed with Wilkes-Barre. Yes. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, that was that was a great video. And what was funny is that of of the twenty or twenty five people, um, Masons in that video, they're all in my lodge. Yeah. All those guys. He's a jeweler. That one's a barber. This one's a this, and he's a plumber. And that. Now we don't have any plumbers. God, will some plumbers please join the lodge? Right. Um, but but all of the guys in the video are the same guys I have in my lodge. Exactly. And when I went to Germany uh-huh. and sat in lodge in Germany. They're the same guys that are sitting in that lodge. Same in Germany, ones in my too. lodge. Yeah, it's yeah. it, it's awesome. Well, and as a secretary, I can tell you, um, you know, people <clears throat> frequently will call me as a secretary and say, "Do we have anybody in the lodge that's a fill in the blank 
plumber is one that's always oh my god um (laughs) some plumber please join an attorney or whoever and i can tell you by and large our data sucks Mm -hmm. um and that's putting it nicely We're, we're getting better at it but we've still got a long way to go because by and large when is the only time we ask someone what they do when they put a petition in when they put a petition in well you've got a 65 year member that was a student when they came in, or they were a uh, farmhand, or you know whatever the case may be. And sixty-five years later, they may be the local banker, they may be the whatever, and or they may have been a plumber, but there's no way exactly. they're plumbing now. That's right. But or they name a company they work with, you don't know what they do. You don't know what they mean. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So um, I would encourage all of our lodges to to try and clean up that data as best you can. Um, I know secretaries hate it when I do this on the air because um, then they get asked to do it by their lodges. But it really is fairly simple to do. And with uh, due season right around the corner, it's a perfect opportunity when you send out those uh, requests for folks to update their contact information. Uh, tell us what your occupation was most recently. You know, we don't, we don't know what Josh's occupation is. Well, he could tell you, but he'd have to kill you. Oh. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there, there hair, was though. a thing a couple of years ago that the Grand Lodge tried to do something about tell us who you are and what what you do, and people can log in and look up within categories and stuff like that. But I don't. Yeah, never, but again, that they never got any. It's yeah, only as good traction. as what's there, and I can tell you just from my own lodge, and I think I probably do as good a job as anybody with this stuff. We just don't do a good job of tracking that, yeah. you know. Um, one of the many things we don't do a good job exactly, tracking. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. We're going to take one more quick break. We will come back and wrap up tonight's episode uh, with our guest, Jason Craig. Hello, brethren. Dutchy Duck here to bring you an update from my lodge, the Brogan Pla number 377. It is not July, my birthday month. And Brother Larry Maris sent me a copy of his book as a gift, just like he did last year. He must have trunk loads of them in his basement. Allow me to share the goings-on from our June meeting at the Brogan Plot. Oh boy, what a night that was. We at the Brogan Plot are very lucky that we still have an organist in our lodge, Brother Jimmy Arielspieler. Now, Brother Jimmy has been our organist since the Kennedy administration was in office. And he is also the organist at the local Lutheran church, St. John's, down the road. Brother Jimmy and his wife were celebrating their 65th wedding anniversary with a cruise down the Schuylkill and a romantic dinner in Northeast Philly. So he would not be at our June meeting. But no fear. We are doubly blessed at the Broken Plot because we have a backup organist, Brother Samuel Glenger. Most lodges do not have organists anymore, but we are proud to carry on the music tradition of having live accompaniment during our meetings. Brother Samuel said that he could play for our June meeting. Brother Sam is also the organist for our local minor league baseball team, the Kutztan Kutzers. Man, do we love our team. Samuel was well known for being able to get the crowd back into any game with his wonderfully good playing ability. The night of the meeting was also a first degree, so we had a packed house. Right before the meeting started, Brother Sam sat down at the old pipe organ and immediately got a scared look on his face. I walked over and asked what was the matter. I don't know, but I forgot my music book, and it's too late to run home and get it, he said. I told him, no worries, you've been playing organ forever. Just play what you know. Okay, he said. 
The meeting began and we got to the flag ceremony. Brother Sammy played the heck out of that Star Spangled Banner. And then it was time for the degree work to start. I could see Sam rooching around on the organ bench. He was nervous. I guess I would be too without music. But we all had faith in our brother. As the candidate came out of the preparing room, normally a soft, smooth melody comes from our organ. But without the music, Sam had to improvise. He called on his years of baseball organ playing and began three blind mice. (laughs) He was used to making fun of the Empire's calls, and given the situation and the status of the candidate, it was all very fitting. The degree went well, and as the candidate was back in the preparing room, reapplying what he was originally divested of, we all sat in silence, waiting patiently. Brother Sam took the advantage of the quietness and again played what felt natural for the moment. Soon the organ began, take me out to the ball game. Everyone had a smile on their face, and many brethren began singing. We were singing so loudly that we never heard the knocks at the preparing room door. When we finally finished the song, the guide popped his head in the room and asked, Just what the heck was going on? We got quiet and finished the degree. The new entered apprentice thanked the lodge and said, I can't wait to get active here. Brother Sam took advantage of the situation again and started playing Put Me In Coach. Again, the entire lodge room started singing and clapping where appropriate. What an evening. As fun as that all was, we do look forward to Brother Jimmy returning to his usual station on the organ in September. Brother Sam did a great job, but I think we will keep him just as a substitute for now. Till next time, work hard, stay plumb, and out in the lights when you leave the room. To learn more about the Pennsylvania Dutch language, culture, and history, please visit my website, padutch101.com, or my YouTube channel, just search padutch101. Right, and we're back. And uh, as we wrap up tonight's episode, before we go around the horn and talk about what everybody's coming up, um, bef- in our last segment, Jack mentioned a new segment that we're going to begin here on Masonic Light Podcast. This was suggested by uh, our uh, one-time contributor, uh, the inimitable Seth Anthony. And he said, why don't you have a game on the show and we can call it Copious dues. Copious dues. You remember? Copious dues, right? So the game is we have to guess how much our guest pays every year in dues without going over. That's the key. So so we're gonna we're gonna start this. It's gonna, we're gonna start the game show, and we're starting now. J- and Jason, what, uh, Jason, is your wife gonna listen to the show? <laughs> no, <laughs> we're gonna assume not. You're not gonna tell anybody, right? So, well, I've got. I, I do have the thing of what like I pay for dues, and then I've got the list of what. I tell my wife I pay for dues, so no, there is no way she's ever gonna know this podcast exists. Okay, okay good. Fair okay. enough. All right. You're about to play Copious Dudes! And tonight we have with us most excellent Grand High Priest, Jason Craig. And we're going to guess, around the table, how much we think most excellent Jason pays every bloody year in dues. Now that doesn't count banquets and meals and entertaining. 
Just your dues. Just cards. your dues. Just your dues. Pay your damn dues. So, we're going to start the game. Larry. Because Larry's always first. Ten twenty-five. One thousand and twenty-five dollars. One thousand and twenty-five dollars is Larry's guess. Tim, what do you say about our friend Jason? In an effort to not go over, I'm going to guess seven hundred and fifty, Bob. Seven hundred and fifty dollars. You really do need the podiums with the flashing lights. I know. We're gonna have like game show sounds and boardwalk. It'll be. It'll be. Yeah, Josh will. Josh will dice it. Josh, what do you think our guest pays every bloody year? I'm going to go with $1, Bob. Oh, going with that safe under bet, are we? All right, very good. I love it. (laughs) Now, my number would be very different if I was going to include banquets and galas and things like that. But but that would be forget about it. So I'm going to say... $850. $850. So you've got six and eight and you got seven fifty, eight fifty, ten fifty, and, and one dollar. <laughs> <laughs> so the number that you previously wrote down, Jason, tell us what is that number? That number is one thousand four hundred dollars. Holy cow! Would you care to share with us the bodies that you are wow. part of? Holy moly, my I thought I paid a lot. That may set a record that may never be broken. That is my Blue Lodge Chapter Council Commandery. Uh, Scottish Rite for Uniontown of Pittsburgh. Uh, three AMD councils. Okay. Operatives Ooh. in Athelstan. Ooh. Ooh. Now we're getting to the big bucks. Yeah, there we go. Um, St. Thomas of Acon. Okay. Knight Mason's York Rite College. Okay. Um Let's see, uh, Royal Order of Scotland, um, then Pilgrim Preceptors. Holy moly. Uh, the Rosicrucians. Uh, let's see, what else am I forgetting? And then you've got the, the Grand College of Rights and, you know, that cool. kind of stuff. Yeah. Wow. That's just pocket money. And, and the, 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 the Lodge of Research and... <laughs> See, I use Brian Hill as the model. Uh, is he the is he the plus minus? Yeah, he's up that. He's kind the over under. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. he's he's a Brian. We may have to write well, that. We need to write that number down on the board so we can keep okay, track we're gonna, of uh, copious dues. <laughs> so far, cool. you have the most copious dues. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. <laughs> impressive. All right. Well, Something tells playing. me Seth knew that I was coming on the show and, and planted that seed for, for that very reason. <laughs> well, thanks for playing our game. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, wrap up uh, tonight's show. Uh, Larry. Uh, didn't you have something you wanted to talk about? I was just going to talk about it in the close, but I can do it now if you want, Larry. Thanks. Um, I wanted to bring up uh, something that's just oh, yeah. dreadful. I usually do the news with in my uh, brother Walter Cronkite voice, but I'm not, not going to do that today. This is too serious, and I, I don't want to make too much of it, and I don't want to start any hysteria. But many of you have seen the post that Chris Hodap put up on uh, Freemason for Dummies uh, on his Facebook page and elsewhere. Um, in Texas, there was a, uh, a shooting. And I'll read this. According to press release from the local police department, officers responded to a call from a witness at 9.46 p.m. Monday night from outside the lodge. And this is the lodge in McAllen, Texas, uh, the Masonic Hall, uh, lodge number 1,110. Um, 
So um, uh, outside the lodge, uh, who reported hearing a loud pop and then someone moaning in pain. When police arrived, they found Brother Wise on the ground, wounded by gunfire. Medical emergency medical services immediately rushed him to a local hospital where he later died. Um, brethren, this this is another lunatic uh, who wrote a Masonic, uh, an anti-Masonic tirade about how the Illuminati are controlling his tinfoil hat. And as silly as you'd like to pretend that that sounds, it's real uh, to the point where people are uh, acting on it. We've seen fire bombings. We've experienced fire bombing here, right here in Reading, uh, Pennsylvania. Um, and we've seen churches burned or uh, lodges burned down. Uh, and now um, somebody being gunned down uh, on his way home from lodge. And it's real. It's stupid because it's pointless they just they're people that just don't understand what it is that we do and we can talk about masonic secrets all we want but you're never going to get that person to understand right you are not to engage in quarrels with those who speak evilly or despitefully of the fraternity you just don't do it it's one of the first things you're taught but but in not doing that not engaging those people in in rational thought because they can't be engaged in rational thought because for the most part, they're not really rational, right? They have this obsession and he was clearly uh, obsessive. They've caught him, uh, the perpetrator. But what I wanted to make sure that goes out uh, in our show is that um, Robert Wise's daughter, Erica, had started a GoFundMe appeal to cover his funeral expenses. Um, I'm sure that the brothers in in, uh, McAllen, Texas, uh, are going to um, see that that um, they're not hurt by this financially or that, that the family isn't. Um, but please, uh, if you're a Mason and you're hearing this, um, let's show Robert's daughter, Erica, what Freemasonry can do. Uh, and just go on on the, the Internet and go to GoFundMe and search for Robert Wise Funeral Expenses um, and that... Uh, it will take you to um, the GoFundMe project for his um, for his final expenses. How do you spell his last name? Wise W I S E, um, and um, it's uh, yeah. I, I, I'm scrolling through this. I, this is why I hate things. Yeah, Brother Robert Wise outside of Masonic Hall in McAllen, number one 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 zero. So. Um, Boys, just uh, like they used to say on Hill Street Blues. Let's be careful out be there. Be careful out there. I mean, you know, we we in in the U.S. wear these rings and pins and hats and, and decals and stuff. We wear them proudly. Um, but if you travel outside of the United States, that is a not thing. Do You know, you, you don't do it. Just don't. Um, if you're among brothers and you know you're among brothers, that's one thing. But if you wear them in a public venue, it, it can be problematic. So. Yeah. Uh, there are still lots of people that don't understand uh, how benign, um, how benign this organization is, and benign doesn't even cover it. I mean, we're just we're beyond benign, right? We're we're supposed to be the Enlightenment philosophers rebor- reborn. Right. Um, so um, just uh, just keep them in your prayers, uh, the family of Brother Robert Wise, and uh, hit that GoFundMe page and just drop them a couple bucks. 
Um, if it means suspending your GoFund your uh, your Patreon account for a month, we'll, we'll we'll let you slide on that one too. Yeah, absolutely. But please uh, please help this um, this family out. This is just absurd. Thanks. Okay. All right, uh, Larry, what you got coming up Masonically? A bunch of things, but it's not that important. Well. That's important. Oh, uh, goose and gridiron tomorrow, and I'm taking the French people. <laughs> <laughs> you want to explain that? My uh, my wife's son and granddaughter are visiting, and they live in France. And we have a tradition. Tradition every time they came to the United States, they would end up at the goose and gridiron breakfast. So that's. And this is your youngest granddaughter's youngest first, first trip one. to Groups and Gridiron. That's right, because her brother and sister have already been there, and she made sure she gets to go with the old guys tomorrow morning. Okay, well, we'll expect a full report on our next yes, uh, episode. Yes. And, uh, yeah. yeah, she's a sweet kid. She really is. A, uh, she's actually coming t- next year to finish her last two years of college in the United States. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. So she's probably the granddaughter that will end up moving to this country. All right. Anyway, so Jack. That's, that's that's what's going on. Um, the only thing I have going on really, uh, I, the the library here is going to effort of six hundred sixty five is going to be an ongoing project. But the only thing I have outside of that and my regular uh, Monday night light, which is what we're calling it now, um, is um, the golf outing. We're supporting, I think that's for the Dyslexia Center, right? Coming yeah, up. Valley of Harrisburg. Uh, Valley of Harrisburg, July 21st. Um, four uh, really dangerous golfers are going to be hacking the, their way around um, a golf course f- for fundraising for the Dyslexia Centers at the Valley of Harrisburg. So. Yeah. Great. And we're, I think uh, Masonic Light Podcast is a hazard sponsor. <laughs> appropriate. Just because appropriate. that's just. Very appropriate. It's just so right. Yeah. All right, uh, Brother Jason, what have you got coming up Masonically? Uh, so July 29th, I'll be attending the testimonial dinner for Sir Knight Thomas Helm, who's the new Grand Commander of Knights Templar of Pennsylvania. Um, August 5th, we're conferring the appendant orders of the Red Cross at Constantine in Pittsburgh. And um, again, September 9th, that's the Saturday after Labor Day, the Greater Pittsburgh Masonic Center. We are doing a joint Royal Arch Chapter and Scottish Rite class, a one-day class. We'll start about 8 o'clock in the morning. If you are already a Royal Arch Mason or a Scottish Rite Mason, we'd love to have you reach out and let us know that you're coming so we can make sure that we've got all the necessary refreshments available. And if you're not a member of either of those yet, reach out because it just so happens that I know a guy for the chapter to kind of expedite things a little bit. And uh, we've got a long history of expediting that process in the Scottish Rite as well. So we'll be able to make that happen. Great. Awesome. Josh. Well, as you know, I've got the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I I think that's about it. But yeah, there might be some Okay. Some some side things. Okay. Well, I will cover in my list uh, a number of activities, not only that I will be doing, oh. but activities that the... God, what's wrong, Larry? Uh, that the podcast has been asked to promote. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Sorry. All right. See, I mean, yeah. he was already thinking he forgot something. See, that you was know, no. jumping to conclusions. We've Larry. got grumpy Larry tonight. Wow. Today. He's been grumpy all day. He, he started been. out grumpy this morning, and he's still grumpy. But anyway. All right. So, uh, as Jack mentioned, on the 21st, the Valley of Harrisburg golf outing. On the 29th of this month, uh, the operatives from Donegal Church Assemblage. Uh, we'll be meeting, and Jack will be present for that, I believe. Negative. Oh, you're out. Okay, never mind. Um, I'm missing operatives and AMD this month. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Ooh. Sad okay. for me. All right. So um, we've been asked to announce that on August the 12th, uh, the 21st District, Masonic District, is sponsoring a CAVE degree. Uh, on September... Or no, no, wait. August the thirteenth. You two both forgot this. Dun, 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 dun. August the thirteenth. Lamberville pig roast. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That's a piggy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. On August thirteenth, uh, Millersville Lodge number four hundred seventy-six <laughs> is having a pig roast. Lamber- Lamberville. And we encourage you to. Uh, Get in touch with the secretary, Rob Monsack of yeah, yeah. Millersville Lodge number 476 yeah. for uh, we, we more do, details. We do very good picnics, actually. We only, the first one we did last year. I was going to say, how many have you been doing? For, this will be our second <laughs> one. But we, That's the first annual? No, no second, just, annual. second annual. Second annual. Yeah. The one before was the first inaugural. Yeah, the first Yes, inaugural. thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I am vindicated. (laughs) But they bring in a bouncy house. They have a dunking tank. Larry, you really shouldn't get in the bouncy house. I should get. You should not get in the bouncy house. I'm not not going to get a dunking tank either. (laughs) It took a lot of effort to get them out. I bet, man. Oh man. All right, August the nineteenth. Look like a Russian fishing trawler getting in. Exactly. (laughs) On August the nineteenth, the Big Valley of Harrisburg will be sponsoring its annual barbecue and cigar event. Uh, so all are welcome to that. I'm sure there will be. Uh, it's also the AMD statewide in gathering. It's also the same day as the statewide AMD in gathering to be held where Mechanicsburg in my lodge at Eureka West Shore Lodge oh, number 302 Mechanicsburg. Look at you. Yeah, did you like the way I did that? See, nice. just slip that right in there. Subtle. Yeah, uh, and then uh, we'll we'll look ahead to a couple of activities in September. Uh, on September the 17th will be the inaugural Peter J. Ruggieri Unrun. Mm. And there will be postings about this. What's on an our- unrun, Tim? So it's the kind of run that we all know our good friend Pete Ruggieri would have absolutely loved. It is a 0.0K event to raise money for cancer research, specifically the, uh, the people that Pete worked with or worked with Pete. Um, and basically, you will sign up. You will come, show up in your best active wear attire. Uh, the starting pistol will go off, and you will step across the finish line into a bar. Beautiful. The, and rightly so. The Peter J. Ruggieri unrun. The unrun. So we're looking forward to that. Because this... Does not run. That's correct. Just saying. That is correct. On September the 20th will be the 10th or 12th Ninth, or actually. 95th. Ninth. The 9th annual, biannual. Biennial. Biennial. Okay. Lodge in the Woods. Yes. You want to talk about that? Uh, you just did. Okay. So put uh, that on your right. calendar. So, yeah. Lodge in the Woods. Great time. Big steak. Ugh. 
Grand Lodge, things, games, activities, we will be there uh, doing some sort of recording. It'll be episode number 162, as a matter of fact. 162. Yeah. Anyway, we will, uh, yeah, so... It's a it's a really good time if you speak, talk to anybody that's been and nobody regrets coming, but um, jump on eventbrite.com, e v e n t b r i t e eventbrite.com and just search for Lodge in the Woods 2023. It's really simple and uh, give us uh, give us some money and come out and have a great time. It's a lot of fun. Great. And I should have said, if you're interested in contributing to the Peter J. Ruggieri Unrun, you can do the same thing on Eventbrite. Look up Unrun, and you can join that. Yeah, you don't have to be in Lancaster for that. Yes, no, you, yeah, you yeah, feel yeah, free absolutely. to contribute to that. I think so. I'm going to dress up in an onion costume, and it would I will be the onion un. Oh, ooh. Cool. Can I do that? Yeah, yeah. you could. Do, do it. it. Do it. All right. And the last thing I'll mention is that on one week after the Lodge in the Woods will be the District 3 Low Vale to be held at the uh, Fish and Game Lands in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. So mark your calendars for all these great activities. Then there's Lodge in the Trailer Park. And we have Lodge in the Trailer Park. And and then then Lodge lodge in the uh, Walmart parking lot. Lodge in the Zoo. Lodge in the Zoo. Uh, Yeah, that's a thing. All right. Well, guys, it's always good to see you all. Uh, Larry, uh, I think the time has come for you to uh, take us home. And now the end is near. Oh, boy. (laughs) I was thinking about the onion costume. (laughs) (laughs) It finally sunk in, did it? Okay. Um, Run. (laughs) It would be great. I could say you're an activist and you came to the wrong place. (laughs) Uh, Special thanks to Everett Lodge 665 for continuing to allow us to be here. Heck yeah. Yes, thanks, Jack. To Josh Lamberton, our killer, killer. producer, director. Lamberton. Jack Harley, our news director. Tim Dedman, our... I should have had something from my voice that tea tonight. Okay, I should have. Tim Dedman, our marketing director. By the way, he's doing a pretty good job, isn't he? After seven years, we need yeah, to kick, those we need to he, kick, to, he kicked that horse. We need to go to the committee and get a raise for that boy. I, I say double his salary. Okay. Uh, to Michelle Snyder, Doug Madden, Maiden, 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 and Austin Sheffron, our Sonic Light contributors. <laughs> what? Backslider. <laughs> oh, Lord, and to our listeners. We'll always make doing this show worthwhile. This is Larry Miris. Thanks for listening. This is Jack. Drop us a line. Send something on social media. Uh, hashtag hashtag I, I am amazing. Mason. That's it. Bye, everybody. Good night. Bye, everybody. See you, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>